and appreciate it, James. Hey, what do you want to leave behind? You know, our, our life is truly short. The Bible says it's like a vapor. And reality is every single one of us are going to pass something on to the next generation. We as parents are going to pass something on uh, to our children. So I guess the question just has to be, and I know you've heard it before, but what legacy do you want to leave? What do you really desire to pass on? You know, I, I ran across an article this past week in my study uh, written by some individuals who apparently weren't followers of Jesus, but they kind of listed the top five things that they wanted to pass on to their children. And so let me just kind of read these to you and uh, see if any of these might light your fire. Here, here's uh, number five on the list, what they wanted to pass on to their kids, a love for rock and roll music. Can I get a witness on that? All right. And then number four, they said some sci-fi literature. Y'all know what kind of people these are? Number three, they said uh, Star Wars and Indiana Jones movies. People are clapping. Uh, number two, they said we want to leave board games uh, with them. And then number one, they said we want to leave a love for the weird and the goofy. You know, after I read this, I'm like, just leave them that list. That should be sufficient. You know what I'm saying? Because that's weird and goofy. But, you know, all of us really do. We have to think about what we're going to pass on to our children, what we're going to pass down even in our families. You know, last week we started this series entitled Engage, and we talked about the very first gear of the mission truck, and that was really stepping forward and saying, you know, I need to be engaged personally in the mission. And we uh, went to Isaiah chapter 6, and we saw Isaiah. He had the opportunity to see the glory of the Lord. And whenever he caught a glimpse of God's glory... Uh, the Bible says he really got a grip on who he was, and then as a result, he was very quick to volunteer for what God had created him to do. And he was wanting to make himself available for the mission. And that's the same thing that happens with us. When we get a glimpse of his glory and get a grip on who we are, we immediately, as a byproduct, want to make ourselves available to his mission of making disciples everywhere. So that was the first gear in this four-geared vehicle. But now, uh, this morning, we're going to kind of pop the clutch out and go to second gear and begin to talk about how your family and how my family can actually be engaged in the mission. That's the second gear. So you start with your personal life, but then you move on to your family life. How is your family engaged in the mission? And that's what we're going to talk about today. And I'm pretty excited about this because uh, what I realize is, you know, I, I want to be a missionary. You know, all followers of Jesus are missionaries for Christ. So all of us are on mission. But I really began to think, I don't want to just be doing this by myself, right? I want my wife to be a part of this. I want my family to be a part of this. And so that means I have to, as the spiritual leader of the home, make sure that I uh, seek to create a culture as well as maintain a culture in our home that is conducive for the mission of making disciples to be passed down to my children. And so this morning what we're going to do really is we're going to look at three ways that you can gauge whether or not the temperature in your home uh, is sufficient to keep the mission alive. Or you're actually going to be able to see this morning that maybe the temperature in your home uh, is killing the mission of making disciples. So we're going to have a great time this morning. You're going to be able to look in the mirror uh, as a family member, and you're going to be able to uh, really receive some interesting and probably some challenging questions. So I'm looking forward to uh, sharing this with you. Now, I'm going to give you three things this morning, and I'm going to pull those from three different passages of Scripture. So a little bit different than how I 
normally preached, but we'll still get Scripture into us. Deuteronomy chapter 6, though, is where we'll start. So if you got your Bible, Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning in verse 4 all the way through verse 9, we want to look at those passages together. So if you'll stand with me in honor of God's Word this morning, Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning in verse 4. You've got it there in front of you. Say yes. And the Bible says, uh, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your might. These words which I commanding you today shall be on your heart. Now check this out, verse 7. You shall teach them diligently to your sons. And you shall talk of them uh, whenever you uh, sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead, and you shall write them on the doorpost of your house as well as on your gates. So let's bow together in prayer. Father, we are uh, thankful for the fact that you handed the mission down uh, to us uh, to make disciples everywhere. And God, we, we want to do that individually, but Lord, we also want our families to really see them Uh, as involved in the mission. So I just pray in the name of Christ this morning that you would take your word and uh, transform our hearts, change us, and make us more like you. Give us a greater passion for uh, things of eternity. Uh, God, I pray that uh, those things of temporal nature that really do, they kind of distract us and take our minds off of your uh, glory and your uh, purpose here upon the earth through the church. God, help us to lay those things aside and really focus on you this morning and God, I thank you for how you're going to work. I also pray, Lord, for those who are here today. They might be guests, but they don't really have a relationship with you. So, God, uh, draw them to salvation. Lord, that's a work of your grace, and I trust that you can do that as you have already done that this morning. And it's in your holy name that we pray. And everybody said, amen. So you go ahead and be seated this morning. All right, so three things I'm going to give you. The first uh, thing that I'm going to give you, it may not make much sense until the end of the sermon, but trust me, it's going to make sense at the end, all right? But here's the deal. I want to talk to you about from weird to normal from weird to normal so you might want to jot that down because really that is a temperature gauge that you can use in your home to determine whether or not you are building a climate or a culture where the mission of making disciples is being passed down from weird to normal by this i mean i don't want talking about jesus or sharing biblical truth in my home to be weird to my wife or my children i want it to be normal now i shooting you straight okay when, when I grew up, I think I was in middle school, and uh, I remember one occasion we went to dinner, uh, and we were sitting down at our house to eat dinner, and all of a sudden, uh, like, my parents broke out a devotional that they were going to read to us as kids. You know, it was me and my sister there, and that's the first time they really ever done anything like that before. You know, we kind of always grew up in church, so I was always there in church, but now all of a sudden they had this devotional in their hand, and I'm thinking, this is weird, man. You know, what are, what, are they, what are my parents doing, right? Why are they reading this? Why are they asking me questions right now? The reason that was weird and awkward is just because we had never done it before. Now, what's amazing, though, is I, you know, continue to grow up in the house. That which was weird at first became normal in the end. Not so much necessarily through the devotionals, but just through the fact that my parents were growing in their faith. And they would begin to share with me what the Bible was teaching them and share with me what the Bible said about things. In fact, they actually uh, used to say, well, what, you know, what does the Bible say about that? That was like one of the questions they would always ask, and it would drive me nuts. Are you all with me? And I'm like, why do we always have to look at the Bible? It's like, just let's just talk for real. And, uh, but the, what they were doing is they were trying to give me the truth of Scripture so that I might grow in my faith as well. Now, the interesting thing is 
uh, I want to make sure that my kids never think, as well as my wife, never think that it is weird that we are talking about the Scripture in our home. Now, I want because I know what y'all are thinking, right? You're like, well, you're a preacher. It shouldn't be weird. Well, it, I, I want you to know this, all right? Not all preachers' homes are like you think they are. We are normal for the most part. Y'all with me? But even a pastor of a church, he can talk about Jesus all day long on Sunday, but if he's not careful Monday through Saturday, he may never talk about the Lord Jesus to his own family and miss out on the greatest investment which God has given him. So I want to be faithful in that. Now here's the thing, okay? God was actually calling the Israelite community together so it's like a huddle. And he calls them and he says, I want you to pay attention now. And that's when Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 4 through 9 lay out. Because God now is telling parents what they should be doing to pass down the commandments of God to their children. And it really is awesome because he first of all says that you as parents must have the word in your heart. All right, so he says you need to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you need to love the commandments of God. The Bible says in the New Testament we should allow the word of Christ to richly dwell within us. So this is it, right? You will not pass down to your kids something that you don't possess. So as a follower of Jesus Christ, I must have a genuine passion for his word. I must grow in the knowledge of his word. And as I grow in the knowledge of God's word, the natural byproduct of that is that I want to share that with those who are closest to me. And those who are closest to me are my family. So I'm going to ask you, man, are you spending time in God's word? And then are you sharing the word of truth to your uh, wife or to your children or those who are living in your home? Are you passing down the commandments of God's holy word? And then he says it like this because he tells you how you should do it. He says, teach them diligently. Them speaks of the sons and the daughters. Teach them diligently. And the word diligently means uh, to repeat over and over again. Matter of fact, it was the same exact term used to describe the activity of sharpening a knife. And you've done that before, right? I know well, we're a bunch of rednecks in here, right? So we've sharpened knives before. So you get a stone, you get the knife out, and then you rub the, the blade on that stone until it gets extremely sharp. Well, that's the picture here, okay? You and I as parents, we, we need to take our children to the stone of the Word of God. And as we teach them the Word of God, we are actually helping sharpen them for living this life. And here's the deal, right? You and I know that media and culture sending all kinds of uh, information to our children as well as to our lives. So if we're going to decipher that which is right and that which is wrong and that which is to be esteemed and that which should have no value, we must make absolute certain that we are teaching the Word of God diligently to our family, to our children. And then he even says, uh, hey, hey, here's a time you ought to do it. And I like how he lays that out there uh, in, in the Scripture. He says, whenever you sit in your house, and I want you to think about this, right? You're sitting in your house. Think about where you sit. Wherever you sit in the house, you ought to share the truth. Whenever you walk by the way, that just means whenever you leave the house. And then he says, whenever you lie down, you ought to teach the truth. Whenever you rise up, you ought to teach the truth. Now I want you to think about this, okay? Because uh, a few weeks ago we talked about how Paul told Timothy that he should preach the Word of God in season and out of season. And all of us agreed, right? You can only be in season or out of season. So what, what Paul was saying to Timothy was preach the Word all the time. 
Now, where, where did he get that concept? I believe he got it from this verse of Scripture. Because what the Bible is saying here now is that whenever you're sitting down, you ought to be teaching the truth. Whenever you're walking, you ought to be teaching the truth. Uh, whenever you lie down, teach it. Whenever you rise up, teach it. Listen, it is only possible for you to be in one of those particular categories. So what we find here is that the Scripture is really encouraging you and I to make sure that we are always, always mixing the truth of God's Word into the life of our family. Now, whenever I first started thinking about how to do this, right, back in the day when I was a young man, I'm an old man now, but I remember thinking, what is this going to look like? You know, I thought, well, maybe I could just kind of get all my kids and line them up in the living room, you know, sit them in rows, and I would stand up behind a lectern and preach, and I thought that would be kind of weird. But then I realized, man, it doesn't have to be awkward. It's just, you know, just, just move it in. So, you know, Chris and I, we started family devotions, and so we do that whenever we eat it uh, in the evenings. And, and check it out, right? Our goal is three times a week. Because the bottom line is, I know life is hectic, just like, you know, mine is, just like yours is. So there are nights sometimes when we don't have the opportunity to all sit down as a family. But here's the deal. If we get beyond three nights a week, and all of a sudden we're not doing it, that's my check. Then I need to focus back in on what's most important. So then I pull everybody back in. And then I want to mix the truth of God's Word into the life of my children whenever we go through uh, just asking simple questions. Like, you know, the other day I was riding in the pickup truck with Maddie uh, sitting behind me. Uh, she's my favorite. I don't know where the other kids were. But anyway, so I'm riding with her. That was a joke. But I, I'm riding with her, and she's right behind me. And she said, Daddy, uh, I don't know what I'm going to be whenever I grow up. And I said, well, yeah, I hear you. I'm still driving you. Daddy, what, what do you think I ought to be whenever I grow up? Now, here's the deal. I, I, I now can answer her with what the world says, or I can answer her with what the Word says. All right? So, Daddy, uh, what do you think I ought to be whenever I grow up? Here's what the world would say. Well, Maddie... Uh, you're bright. You can be whatever you put your mind to. And, but man, whatever's going to make you happy, you get after it. Well, that's what the world teaches. So how is it that I'm supposed to now speak to her? And this is what I ended up doing, right? Y'all going to think I, like, preached a message or pulled over or something, but I really didn't. You say, Maddie, I'll tell you what. The most important thing is what God wants you to do. So you really, you just got to pray. God always told people in the Bible what he wanted them to do. God told me what he wanted me to do. And so I just kind of quickly shared that. So God will share with you if you ask him. So just seek the Lord. Do y'all see the little difference there? It's a massive difference. And we've got to learn to make sure that we're just teaching the truth of God's Word to our children. Every opportunity that we get. Whenever we sit down, whenever we walk. Whenever we lie down, whenever we rise up. Always delivering the truth. And like I said, in my house, man, the culture changed uh, from my middle school to high school. And whenever I left the house, completely different culture, right? My parents really started growing in their faith. And then I remember, you know, not only would they share with me what the Bible says about everything, but I remember I would walk down the stairs, and I've shared this before, but I would walk down the stairs in the morning to head out to school. And almost every single morning, my mom was down there uh, uh, sitting at the dinner table, having her personal devotion, reading her Bible. And I would leave, man, and th those things will stick with me. But it was just, it just became the culture. It was no longer weird. It was normal. So I want you to think about that. Okay, well, what if, what if you went home today for lunch, right? You said, all right, kids, or maybe, you, you know, you, maybe you're just married, and so you're like, wife, come in here and sit down. Let me, let me. No, you wouldn't say it like that, but you know what I mean? <laughs> Get in here. I'm just giving it. So, hey, hey, I just, I just, I just want to share with you uh, some scripture. Let me, can, I, can I just read this real quick? Well, how would your kids respond? How would your wife respond? Well, they'd be like, what happened to, you know, dad? Who stole my dad? Where, where, you know, where is he? Or would they see that as pretty normal? That's what, that's what you guys do. Are y'all are listening? 
Or would your wife look at you and say, what in the world? Or would she say, no, no, no. This is what we do. He's always talking about the scripture. And listen, that's the kind of culture you got to develop in the home. Now, I knew I was going to preach this, right? So I asked all my kids, all four of them, you know, had an opportunity to share with them. Uh, and I just said, hey, hey, whenever we talk about the Bible and stuff at the house, do you feel like it's weird? Do you feel like it's normal? And uh, all of them said, uh, normal, normal. But Marley, I don't think she really understands what's going on. But y'all know what I'm saying? She's young. But, I, but I'm thinking to myself, that's really a good check for me. If it becomes awkward and weird, I'm going in the wrong direction. But if it's normal, I keep kicking in that direction. Keep plugging along in that matter. All right, so that's the very first one. Now, here's the second thing I want you to write down, okay? From distant to near. From distant to near. Uh, this is huge for me as well, okay? I, I'm thinking about... Uh, the fact that I not only want to teach my children the Word of God, and that should be normal, but I also want to talk to them about how the Lord has really ministered and changed me personally in my life. That makes the Lord seem near and not distant. In other words, I don't want my kids to only hear about Jesus whenever they show up at church. I don't want my kids to only hear me talking about Jesus whenever they show up at church, but I want to be able to share with my kids what the Lord's doing in my life personally so that they don't see God as distant, but they see Him as very near. Now, as you follow the Israelite community, you'll discover as you, you know, keep plugging along out of Deuteronomy uh, all the way into the Exodus where they went into Egyptians' bondage. They came out of Egyptians' bondage, and Moses was their leader. They wandered for 40 years. Moses died. Then Joshua steps up to have the new leader, and now they're standing at the River Jordan, and that's the last place they've got to cross before they enter into the Promised Land. But the problem is that the river is a raging high river, and so they cannot cross it. But then God shows up. And God says to Joshua, Joshua, here's what I want you to do, okay? I want you to get all the priests, and I want you to uh, take the Ark of the Covenant, and I want you to march them out right into the river, and watch what I'll do. And as you study that, they, they get the Ark of the Covenant, right? The priests do, and the Ark of the Covenant was a, a picture of God's presence, and the priests reached out with their, their toe, and as soon as their sandal hit the edge of the river, uh, the Bible says that the river's actually dried up, and the water began to heap up on the left and on the right, I mean, and by the way, man, if I'm one of those priests, man, I ain't going first. You listening, right? It's like, no, you go ahead, man. I think you. You've been a good guy. Go. They step out there and it's dry. They walk out now into the very center of the uh, River Jordan, which is absolutely dry. They're on the sand and they stop there with the Ark of the Covenant. And then the Bible says that the entire nation of Israel actually walked across on dry land. And as they walked across it, every single one of them looked at the Ark of the Covenant. And then the Bible says as they got onto the other side that God told Joshua, Joshua, get 12 men, one from each tribe of Israel, and I want them to go back inside the dry river where the ark is, and I want them to grab a large stone and put it on their shoulders and actually bring it back out of the river, and then I want you to pile all of those particular stones up in a memorial. And then the Bible says in Joshua chapter 4, so that... When your children ask, what are these stones here for? You will share with them this miraculous work of the Lord. Now, I want you to think about that, okay? Picture yourself. You're an Israelite family. Uh, you went through the, the dry river. Man, you were all fired up. And as soon as the ark came back out and everything crashed back regular, you're looking at that memorial set there. 
And maybe, you know, fast forward a few years, you're hanging out with your kids and say, hey, let's go on down and walk by the river. And so you guys are walking down by the river. And then all of a sudden you come upon that large uh, memorial and 12 stones stacked up there. Very obvious someone put them there. And your kid says, hey, Dad, you know, what, what is this? It, it, just think of it. Hey, c- come here, man. I, we, we're going to have to sit down. I'm going to tell you this story. And, and then they sit down right there, and he, he, maybe he's got one arm up here on the stone. And he says, son, uh, we thought it was all over. We thought God had abandoned us. We weren't real sure what was going to happen. And then uh, God told the Israelites, which was us, to actually walk out into the water. And so we did. As soon as we did, God miraculously dried up the water, and we all walked across. And you, you were still in your mom's tummy at that time. But, man, when we walked across and we finished, uh, the Lord told us to make a memorial so that we could share with you this story. You know what happens in that moment? In the moment of that conversation, God goes from being distant to being extremely near. In other words, he's not just somebody out there uh, randomly in the sky kind of holding everything together, although he's doing that. But he is actually overwhelmingly concerned with every single facet of your life personally. And here's the deal. Your kids need to hear this. And when I was growing up, I, I remember my mom, and I've heard her more times than uh, once, sharing the story about whenever my brother passed away when I was young, and uh, he had a brain tumor, and so he, he died. But I remember my mama sharing the story, and she would talk about how the Lord really helped her in that time, and how God really spoke to her and comforted her in that time. You know, when I'm listening to that story, and that's my mom sharing, I'm saying, you know what, uh, my mom, she's talking about uh, not a God way out here like some celebrity we know a lot about but don't really know. She's talking about someone who is near to her, who is real. God in those particular times for me uh, goes from being distant to being very near. I can remember uh, listening to my dad too share, uh, you know, he's got rheumatoid arthritis, which is a disease that kind of racks your joints. And so he's got that not doing well. But I remember hearing him share on one occasion how after he was really discouraged about that disease, that he ran across a passage of scripture and God just spoke directly to his life. Man, when I, when I hear a story like that, God's not, you know, just somebody we talk about on Sunday now. He's not way out there distant. He's extremely near. Listen, I've got, I've got to share those kinds of stories with my family. Just, just like the memorial stones. They walk across. Why is this here? And those simple questions that your kids ask become an opportunity for you to sit down and share a story about how God's been faithful to you in your life. And listen, if you think about it, you can come up with some stories, right? I mean, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you remember times maybe where you struggled with some sin, but God gave you grace to overcome that sin. And maybe you didn't share that story with your kids. Or maybe there was a time in your life when you guys were strapped and you didn't think you were going to be able to make ends meet and you called out to God and God showed up and provided. Man, you need to share that story with your kids. Or maybe there was a time in your life where you got some unbelievable news, you know, uh, from the doctor that just wasn't good, but you prayed and God showed up and he healed you. Man, you need to share that with your children. Or if you see God working in the life of your child and showing up and really ministering even to your child, share that story. We've been praying for you. Listen, that shouldn't be weird. That should be normal. But here's the deal, right? If all you ever do is talk to your kids about Bible stories... God will eventually seem very distant, but not near. But whenever you share Scripture, and then you share how God's impacted your life personally, 
God now all of a sudden comes very close. And please listen to what I'm saying, okay? Because I want you to know this, right? The, the deadest people of the New Testament were the individuals who knew the most Bible. It's the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes. Nobody knew Scripture like they knew it, but they were dead as a doornail. So it's not just head knowledge here. This is like, here's what God's Word teaches, and here's how we've experienced it. Whenever you share that, distant to near. That's what happens. You know, I want that in our kids' life, too. And just, just real quick, man, I've got to share this with you, okay? So last week, you know, we're doing our engaged devotionals. And so as we're doing those devotionals, you know, we start talking about how we can be involved in the mission. And uh, we start thinking about some people that maybe we should be reaching out to and, because we don't know if they have a relationship with Christ. So we're writing them down on our prayer fresheners like we've been encouraged to do. And, man, we're praying for them and trusting the Lord uh, that God would open up a door for us to be able to minister to these families. But what's amazing here is, you know, whenever we talk about stuff like that with our kids, uh, it's not brand new. We've talked about that stuff before. We can actually look back at stories where we pray for individuals who are members of this church uh, who, who didn't know Christ but came to know Jesus and we can look, man, remember when we prayed for so-and-so, and, you know, Garrison can come up with names that we prayed for, and they've come to faith and been baptized here. Uh, Maddie, she can come up with names, and people we prayed for, and they've come to faith, and we baptized here. So this, this is now, check it out, this is us saying, here's what the Bible tells us to do, and here's what we've done in the past, and here's how God showed up, and if he's done it then, well, let's pray for these other people. And it moves now. God's not distant way out here. God's right here. And we look for all these opportunities, really, to invest in our kids and encourage them. I could think of others, but i got to move on. Let me give you the last one, all right? We've got to hustle up. Y'all are taking too long. Y'all still with me? Are y'all understanding what I'm saying? I mean, I'm asking y'all a question. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Because here's the deal. Uh, really, I mean, if you went home, uh, sir, and you sat down and said, uh, I want to tell you, uh, family, what God taught me this past week. Here's what the Lord's teaching me. I mean, what would, you, what would your family be like? We'd be like, what? What, are you some preacher now? I mean, how are they going to respond? Or is that, okay, we've heard stories before. Tell us another. You see, if it's very weird, if God seems very distant, then really you're creating climate in your home. And check this out. It only takes one generation for everything to be dead. One. And by the way, you go over into European nations where, where, man, revival broke out years and years ago. It is amazing to trace the history of how dead that place is now. Spiritually, what happened? They used to be so alive for Christ. Well, why is it dead now? It's because somewhere along the line they didn't pass it down. They missed it. All right, last thing. Here we go. And that, that is from our faith uh, to their faith. From our faith to their faith. And this is huge too, right? right? Whenever I say this, I'm talking about our faith, meaning my faith and Krista's faith. Uh, they, my kids, they've they got to move from our stories to their own stories. They've got to have their own faith. They've got to grow in their own walks with the Lord so that they can be strengthened. That is a, a transfer. It takes time. But, you know, we read about 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5 where Paul writes uh, to Timothy. And listen to what he says. He says, uh, I'm mindful, now check this out, of the sincere faith within you, Timothy, which first dwelt in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice. And I'm sure that it is in you as well. 
So whenever we read that, here's what Paul's saying. Paul's saying, Timothy, you grew up in a home that was filled with faith. Your grandmother taught you the Bible. Uh, Your grandmother told you stories about how Jesus transferred her life, transformed her life. Uh, uh, Your mama shared you those stories, and you've got the same kind of faith. There was a point in time in Timothy's life when it went from ours, grandmother and mother, to his own faith. That has to happen with my children. It has to happen with your children. Do they go from, they're not living on our faith, they're living on their own faith. And you've got to pass that down to them. Can you, can you imagine, listen, if they go to college with your faith and not their faith, they will not be very strong. But if they go with their faith, they'll be able to stand. I know you want that for your kids. I know that's what I want for my children as well. Man, we want to invest in the lives of our children so that they have ownership in the gospel. Let me give you this real quick, okay? Um, Focus on the family article entitled The Legacy You Leave. Listen, Listen to this. Parents who successfully pass along a spiritual legacy to their children model and reinforce the unseen realities of the godly life. We must recognize that passing a spiritual legacy means more than encouraging our children to attend church. As important as that is, the church is there to support parents in raising their children, but it cannot do the raising. Only parents can. Isn't that true? And and listen, you know, I know you want your kids to come to church. I want my kids to come to church. Can I tell you this, right? right? The goal here is not for you as a parent just to drop your kids off and roll. What does that say to your kids? That says to your kids, uh, church is for children. Whenever you grow up, you won't have to spend time in that place. Uh, or do you come with your kids, right, to church, and maybe you sit here, but you never bring up Jesus throughout the week? What does that say to your kids? Here's what it says. It says to your kids that church really is just an extracurricular activity, just something we kind of fit in if we've got time. Are you talking to your kids about the Lord? Are you growing in your faith? And as a byproduct, man, you're just investing truth in the lives of your children. And your wife, sir. Are you doing those things? Y'all getting real quiet. Y'all all right? Now, we're going to do a little uh, test here, okay? So let me, uh, let me see if I can do this. John Winters, come up here for just a second, man, if you don't mind. Hustle up, brother. Uh, Mr. Boggs, come on up here. Go Hustle up. Run, run, run. Just not on the stage, man. I know you won't be seen. I'm just kidding, buddy. Y'all give it up. And then th- these are, you <laughs> stand right there if you don't mind. Then Mark, if you'll stand right here if you don't mind. And uh, I've got a couple of, we're going to do it like a scale, okay? So get on the very end of those stairs. Not, not too far, right there. And uh, just because I know you, I'll let you hold this to describe you. Oh, we get and, and you get normal, right, okay? But, but here's what I want you to think, okay? I kind of wanted you to think about it like a, like a temperature gauge, all right? Hold that end of that string if you don't mind. Kind of tight, hold that end. Now, um, weird or normal? If you started talking about scripture in your home, where would you measure? Would it be like, yeah, that's weird, man. I've never done that kind of stuff before. Or would, or, would, or would it be over here? You know, I wish we had time to do this. It would be awesome. if During the invitation, we had every single family walk up to this little gauge and put the car where they thought they were. Y- y'all don't want to do that? <laughs> and then I started thinking, what if, what if your kids came up and did it for you where would they put that gauge we're normal all right y'all hang tight hang tight hang tight hold this one right here in the front 
How do your kids see the Lord? How does your family see the Lord? It's like, well, we're over here, man. He's pretty distant. And it's kind of like a celebrity we talk about on Sundays, but we never talk about him during the week. Or, or would your kids come up here and, oh, man, he's, he's near. You know, Mama told a story the other day about how the Lord ministered in her life. Daddy told this story just recently about what God was doing. Give you this one. Then ours are theirs. Right now, where, where are your kids? Are they, are they living on y'all's faith? Or, or do you, you find that, listen, they actually are developing their own faith. They have their own stories. Are y'all, are y'all listening to what I'm saying? I can tell y'all don't really like me at this point. But you know what? No, no, I, straight up, I don't remember growing up in church and anybody ever telling us that this ought to be normal. Y'all listening? But it should be. So whenever, and here's the deal. Even if it is weird for you right now, just keep doing it. Eventually it'll be normal, just like it was for me growing up. Amen? Amen. Y'all give it up for these guys as they head on back to their seats. Thank you, sir. I got it. Now, I said it to you earlier, right? You, you can't pass down what you don't possess. Now, whenever I said that to begin with, I was talking about the Scripture. Like, if you don't know what the Word says, you can't really pass that down. But here's what I want to say to you, too. You can't pass down a relationship with Jesus if you don't have one. So you might be a mom or a dad here, and you just don't have a personal relationship with the Lord. But here's the deal. If I, like, came to you and, you know, put you on front street and asked you the question, hey, if you died right now, where do you feel like you'd spend eternity? Oh, you'd probably say, I think I'd go to heaven. I'd be like, well, why, why do you think that? Well, you know, I, I know I don't go to church all the time. Don't get me wrong. But I'm a pretty good person. You know, I try to do the right thing. I try to love people the way I would want to be loved. Try to treat them the way I want to be treated. You know, you know what you're saying? You're saying, I think I'm good enough to make it. But the Bible says nobody's good enough to make it. We've all sinned and fallen short of God's holy standard. The wages of our sin is death. And if we hold on to our sin, we'll be separated from God in hell. But God so loves you, the scripture says, and I love this, that he sent Jesus to die on the cross for your sin. Now, here's what's happening to some of you. You're like, oh, yeah, I knew that. I know, I knew. I've heard that before. Well, here's the deal. You, you, may, you may have heard it before here, but you don't know it. Jesus died on the cross for your sin, was buried and resurrected. And listen, the Bible says you repent of your sin. Turn from your old way of thinking and living. Place your trust in Jesus. And whenever you make that decision, your life changes. Now, eyeball to eyeball right here, okay? Because here's the deal. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. So if you say, yeah, I, I know Jesus, but your life's not been changed, you don't know Jesus. Because when you meet him, he begins to change you. Your life is forever different. Have you experienced that? Or maybe you've just been kind of coming to church every weekend. Maybe all your life. But you don't know the Lord. You can make that decision this morning. Hand that down to your family. Grow in your faith. Pass it on, man, the mission. Amen? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, speak to hearts even now.